On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I got a chance to chat with Alyssa Kerbel from Mini Miosh. What an amazing conversation. I have followed Mini Miosh for years. They were actually uh, you know, way ahead of us in the uh, ch- the children's clothing game in Canada. And uh, and somebody who I've wanted to chat with um, for a long time, and I, I know I probably say this every single episode, but I, I made a friend and... Uh, and she was just an absolute um, delight to talk to. We talked through, um, you know, her transition into entrepreneurship. They've been at this for 13 years, and they're just doing an incredible job. Um, maybe one of my favorite conversations I've I've ever had on this podcast. Um, so, you know, if if you're you know just casually listening to this one in the background, I would really recommend um, concentrating. This was an amazing episode. I'm actually going to re-listen to it. Um, myself because I thought that um, there was just so much value that she had uh, and and I think you guys are going to love this one. Before we begin, we wanted to let you know some really exciting news and something that we've never talked about before on the podcast. Our team at Mindful Marketing is growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we are looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply and start the process today. Now, on to today's episode. All right, I am here with Alyssa Kerbel from Mini Miosh. Welcome to Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Thank you, Jordan. I'm very happy and excited and uh, really grateful to be here. Yeah, yeah. It's actually, it's so nice to have you on. Again, like every good guest that I have, we talked for 15 minutes before, took up, you know, lots of our time for for the interview. But <laughs> I feel like uh, you and I are, are kind of kindred spirits, you know, like we, we're, we're, we're the West Coast version of you, you know? <laughs> totally. I feel like we've had very similar paths and, and similar journeys and we're in a similar place, I think, based on our conversation. Totally, totally. So for those people, you know, who are listening, who don't know, uh, you know, how sort of connected um, we are in a sense, um, tell us a little bit about who you are and and what you do. So my name's Alyssa. I am the founder of a children's apparel brand like you called Mini Miosh. I started the company it's going to be 13 years this year. So wow. I started, yeah, it's crazy, right? 13 years. Wow. So you were way before us. <laughs> well, I've been around for a while. My ha- my daughter just turned 13 in October and, uh, you know, she was the inspiration because basically yeah. I, I um, you know, I, I think I'm an entrepreneur, sorry, a serial entrepreneur of sorts and that I've never really had a real job, never worked for another company, um, really, other than a little, little short stint at the very beginning of my working life, um, but started a wholesale fashion agency when I was in my 20s. And, um, you know, selling to other retailers, it was like a middleman fashion agency type setup. And, and it was, were, it was, was this in the baby space or no, it was women's primarily women's clothing and accessories and men's a little bit of men's and I was selling to pretty much Ontario and and other, you know, a little bit outside of Ontario in terms of the East Coast and Montreal. But really, I was a salesperson. And I ran an agency and a showroom. And then um, that was my business. I built that for five years, I had my daughter. um, And after I had my daughter, I I really just couldn't find the type of clothing that I wanted to dress her in. Um, I wear basics most of the time. So really just 
soft. I really love great basics, like well-made, high quality, really soft, timeless basics in neutral colors. And that's the bulk of my wardrobe. It still is. And so that's how I wanted to dress her. And this is 13 years ago. Like it just really didn't exist on the market at the time. I couldn't find that type of product for her. And um, if I did, I typically found it from a brand that was, you know, a high end adult brand that produced kids. And the price Mm. point was like, quite, quite high. And so I just couldn't really feel, I didn't feel like I wanted to spend that much on it. Um, And at the time I was in my agency business, I was selling a brand um, that was based out of Montreal that was doing well for me that I had recently started with. And they were doing a lot of stuff with sustainable fabrics. So organic cottons and bamboos. And that was really new. This is 13 years ago, right? So, um, you know, which is funny because now that's just like, that's now, the status quo. Yeah. Now it's obviously <laughs> more available and more common, but back 13 years ago, part of what made it, you know, more um, easier for me to sell this brand was that I was educating my, my buyers about these types of fabrics mm, and like why yeah. these fabrics were so good and better for the environment that they felt good, that they lasted longer, that they, you know, would feel really good on the skin and they, they were better for the um, environment. And so people were responding really well to that. So I decided, you know, maybe I should just try and make this for kids. Like maybe I should just make a basics line, like make what I'm trying to find and do it with sustainable fabrics. Cause no one was really doing it at the time. Um, yep. And the product really didn't exist aside from the sustainable, but I was like, that would just give it another point of difference on the market. And so I, I'm a person who <laughs> moves quickly on things when I have an idea, which sometimes is a really good thing and sometimes is not a good thing. But it's a in- better thing than it is a bad thing. Honestly, I, I'm I'm all I always veer towards just action, you know? I am very action oriented. <laughs> it can get me into trouble, but I, I'm very action oriented. So I when I had the idea within, you know, about six weeks, I had trade, I'd come up with the brand name, I had trademarked it, I had registered the company, I had I had no experience in design or manufacturing or production. I had been selling product. So I had yeah, no experience yeah. in any of those areas. But I am a I, I think it's interesting because I, I mentioned to you when we were chatting earlier that I've been taking this this course called strategic coach and in, and it's an, a coaching program for entrepreneurs. And one of the yeah. things they teach in this course is this idea of who, not how. And mm. the idea of that is like, not to think, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? But you can actually think who can help me, who could help me do this, who mm. could do this for me or whatever. And, you know, without actually knowing that concept 13 years ago, that's kind of what I did. I thought I want to do this. And I know lots of people in the fashion industry because I've been in it for years now, who can help me make this happen. And, you know, I knew somebody in the business who was creating adult clothing, um, very much kind of what I wanted to do um, for kids in adult in Toronto. I knew the brand, I knew this person. So I reached out to them and said, listen, I've got this idea. I want to create this product. Can you help me? Like, I don't know anything about the like, and so they agreed. We, we worked out an arrangement. They didn't work for me and they weren't partnered in the business, but we worked out an arrangement where they almost were like a production manager type okay, thing. So they, so they, they found the, the factories and, and all of that. Yeah. Like they kind of man, like I would say, here's what I would come up with the the designs and the colors. And basically like visually, I knew exactly what I wanted. I was like, this is what I want. These are the colors I want. This is what I want to look like. This is the sizing I want to offer. Like I knew 
that I could visualize what all of that looked yeah. like. I just needed someone to like make it happen. Here you go, make it happen. And so they essentially made it happen. Like they, they were already, you know, working with local mills. They were already working with local dye houses, local factories, pattern makers. They had the infrastructure in place. So I just love, I, first of all, sorry, I, I'm just going to step in for a sec. I, I'm super jealous that you, that you produce still locally, like that you produce. Uh, Cause I mean, for, for, you know, people who've listened to this podcast for a while, we, we produce everything, we manufacture everything locally, but not fabric. And, uh, and that's yeah. always been, I always look at you guys. I'm like, ah, how do you guys do it? <laughs> Well, it isn't easy. It is not, it's not easy. I mean, to purchase stocked fabrics, it makes the process a lot easier, I think, although we haven't done that, but to knit your own fabrics, that is an amazing thing. And I love that about our brand, but it is a process. And it but takes, you guys do it locally in Canada, correct? We do it all it's like 20 minutes from where I'm sitting wow. in my house in downtown Toronto. Everything's knit, dyed, cut, sewn, finished, everything within half an hour of my house and the store here in Toronto. So that's like a big thing for me. That's how we started in the beginning. And, you know, in the beginning, it, that was there was a few reasons why I wanted to do that. One was because I really loved the idea of keeping it local. And, and the other was honestly, and, and, you know, knowing who was making it and being able to go there and I'm a control freak. So I like to like, you know, <laughs> have my hands and everything, but the other was really like, we weren't going to be making tons of stuff off the get-go. I'm all about starting small and building and, you know, to, to try and start something where you're buying 10,000 units in, you know, offshore of something that you haven't really seen and you don't know if it's going to sell and you don't know if you're going to have to tweak the fit. Like that to me is scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sitting with all that inventory that you can't move. No. And you know what? I, I've always bootstrapped this baby. Like I bootstrapped this from the beginning um, with, you know, like just a little bit of savings and just build, build, build. And like, that was always kind of also felt very important and kind of congruent to me. Like I didn't, you know, we're talking about secrets of scaling an e-commerce business. And like you said, like, I, I mean, I have managed to scale this to quite a nice size business and, and I'm proud of the brand that we've created and the brand that the values that we've been able to maintain throughout it. But I wouldn't necessarily have been able to scale a bananas business doing things the way that we do them. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's just, you know, like I can't produce masses of it. If I wanted to produce masses and masses of it, I would have to, um, you know, probably produce in a different way. And I just don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Let's, let's talk about scaling. We, we talked about this a little bit before. Um, let's talk about what, what are your thoughts on scaling? So my thoughts, I mean, I think that when, when people are starting a business and you're looking, obviously I think most people start a business with the intention to grow a business, right? Like, I think it's a, it's an interesting topic because I think a lot of entrepreneurs start businesses for a variety of different reasons to, you know, have impact, to grow, to make money, um, to sell it maybe and exit and whatever. Like, I think 
a part of my journey has really been trying to get clear on why I'm doing this. Like if I'm trying to grow it and scale it, why am I doing that? And what is it all for? Because I, like I said, I bootstrapped this. I don't have investors. Um, You know, if you, you, the decisions you make along the way are going to determine ultimately what you're trying to do with your business. And like, you know, and, and so for me um, it, and yet, I think that especially, you know, if you're an ambitious entrepreneur and you have, you're an achievement oriented person, there's just always this drive and push to grow and to do more and to like take on more and to keep going. And with no end sometimes, right? With no, with no end. And I think I'm at a stage with the business and my life to a certain extent where it's like, I just want to enjoy the journey, man. (laughs) Like I just want to have fun with this like what is the point otherwise I don't know that's just kind of where I'm at now and in you know I've had periods of time in my business in my life where I've been very focused on growth and I've made decisions very focused on growth and it hasn't worked for me on a personal level and sometimes Mm. hasn't and 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 there's a a variety of reasons why that may be the case but it has kind of woke me up um to why am I doing th- things? What ultimately is the goal with this? And what would success really look like? Not just in the business for me, um, but in my life. So when I think about scaling, and it's interesting because I've been listening to your podcast. Um, and I know it's funny because at the beginning of the podcast, you talk about your agency and how you have, you know, you're growing and you have the ability to take on another client, but that client has to have the ability to scale and grow quickly. And my first instinct is like, yep, that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> You know, what's funny is like, you know, for, for us a little in life, like it's, we're kind of in a similar place where it's like our manufacturing capacity, we're at capacity. Like we, I, I don't, we don't know what to do to get to that next manufacturing level and we're not going overseas. So I I feel like we're, this is like a a bit of an empathy podcast right now, right. Of like figuring out, uh, you know, the, and, and also figuring out the why, right. Like, um, because it becomes I, a, it's interesting because it becomes a question of like, if you have a really good business right now, right? And you are selling X a year and you're making X a year and you can actually like not do too much to like maintain that. Although I have to say our industry is challenging, I think to a certain extent and that you always have to kind of be doing things. Always like, have to be iterating. You cannot, totally. you cannot be resting on your laurels. Like it is not that type of business where you can like, we're not widgeting. <laughs> like No, we gotta, no, 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 no. We got to keep it fresh and you got to keep new people, you know, coming in the door all the time. And you got to be on people's radars. Like you cannot sit around and not do anything. But on the flip side, like maybe that idea of like, you can potentially do less and just have more, more, more maybe isn't more business or more money, but maybe more is just like more life, (laughs) more time, more freedom, more flexibility, more opportunity to do other things that are of interest to you. I don't know. (laughs) I feel like all, all any, if any of my employees in both businesses ever listen to this, they probably hate when I say this, but one thing that I've done this year is um, I work nine to two every day and take an hour lunch. And it's changed it because I can, because we're in that place where it's like, I don't, why would I, why would I like, um, oh, what's his name? Derek Sivers from um, CD Baby. Um, he calls it red facing, right? You don't really get any farther. Like 
working all those extra hours, right? Um, and for you, it seems like you figured out the who, right? Um, and it's not about taking advantage of people. Well, I mean, a, a little bit, right? But like, like you find people who are good at certain things and you get them to run with that ball, right? That's the goal. Yes, that's the goal. yes. I, 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 I don't, yeah, I'm not yeah. perfect at it, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the goal is to be able to, you know, have a kind of clear vision strategy, communicate that, and then be able to empower other people. I think um, that's something, quite honestly, that I've always struggled with. Um, it's, again, I, I said at the beginning that I never really worked for another company. Um, I, I've never sort of, I, everything I learn, I learn by trial and error and doing things and honestly making like tons of mistakes all the time. And like, and then I'm like, oh, that wasn't good. And then sometimes I make that same mistake again. And I'm like, oh God, what are you doing? But like, you know, it it's, um, it's, I think, challenging for a lot of entrepreneurs to, to like get to that space where they can really like let go, delegate, elevate, empower, communicate a vision. And that's really where you see companies do extremely well and take off. They get amazing people on the team. The team knows what the goals are, where they're trying to go. And that, that's a, that's a work in progress for me, for sure. Always. Um, I'm, I'm kind of a typical visionary, which means that I have to rein myself in. I've always got lots of ideas. I am like have big shiny object syndrome and um, somebody needs to kind of keep me in check. <laughs> so who, is that? Who, who does, who keeps you in check? Well, I have somebody on my team who is, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the book Traction um, yeah. or that concept of kind of visionary integrator. So I kind of have somebody on my team who's like a managing director slash integrator. So really their their role is to manage the day-to-day um, of the business. And the idea is like, I'm kind of then work directly with them to say, okay, here is what I kind of want to do strategically. Here's the, what we want to do new or new products or whatever we talk about it. And then she would be figuring out, okay, how do we actually execute yeah, this? Yeah. And, and th- that's a game. You have changer. to have that person. You, you, and I, I learned that from my failure in the restaurant industry. Hey guys, just a reminder from the beginning of the episode, our team at Mindful Marketing is growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we are only looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for a large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have had at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply to start the process today. Now, back to today's episode. Is that I didn't have that that integrator person to to actually do things. Um, And that's so important. Do you guys run EOS? We don't run EOS, although I am quite familiar with it because of all the, the books and, and strategic coach kind of practices some of the same things. So we've never implemented it fully, but I have definitely pulled pieces of it and implemented totally. pieces of it. So we didn't haven't done a full implementation. And I, I've mentioned to you before, I, I do have a personal coach that I work with and they've run EOS on several, they've done, you know, built some businesses with, e- okay, and used with EOS. EOS. So I, I fully believe in the system. And I think it's something that like, I, we should try to actually implement, but 
I don't know, with COVID and a lot's happened last year. I'm just like, I need just like a vacation, quite honestly, is what I feel Totally. Like. And and you can take things. I, I'll just do, do a quick aside here. EOS uh, is, um, is kind of what they talk about in traction. Um, Gina Wickman is the author of that. Um, if anyone out there, um, if you're looking for some sort of operating system for your business, EOS is great. Um, it's... I, I'm totally with you. Like, it's okay to take little bits from here and there and, and, and yeah. put them into your business. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think what, it, you know, really what it does is it systemizes things. It systemizes things so that things operate smoothly. So there's like structure and process around everything, which is yes. quite, quite typically what most entrepreneurs and especially vision entrepreneurs, visionary entrepreneurs lack is that ability to process and systemize. They're, they're like very, you know, creative and fly by the seat of their pants in nature. And so, um, you know, it's, it's a way of kind of being like, okay, let's maximize your unique abilities and, and let you kind of do what you do really best. And then let's have like some process and some system and some structure so that it doesn't like be like this complete whirlwind around you all the time. Totally, totally. Which is exactly what happens, right? With with true visionary entrepreneurs, that is exactly what will happen. Is like it's the the tornado, right? Of like they come in a room and it's like I'm going to do this and this and this and this and this. And then the best person I have in my life is my marketing agency partner, Sean, who's like, well, how? <laughs> so how are we going to do this? And I'm like, that's up to you. So you make it happen. <laughs> I need a shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, well, I can and, have a shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and similarly, actually, that's that's the way that it works on the on the little lively side as well with Carmen is we'll have these talks, right, of like all these big things, but she is an implementer and uh, she would, uh, I've begged her to come on the podcast so that her and I can chat back and forth. And she's like, no, never. That would, that would be awesome. Yeah. I think, you know, Joe, who is my managing director integrator, she is an implementer. She's a process person. She's the one who gets everybody set up so that everybody knows all the moving parts and there's tons of moving parts. Um, And then, you know, like she actually makes things happen and, and having a person in that role, which I think is a challenging role to fill because it's such a key role. And, you know, to, to, but, but if you can find that person who sort of complements your strengths really well, then it is really a, a key, a key hire. What do you call that role? Just, just for people who love titles. I know lots well, of people like them. For, for, for our, for us, we just, the technical title we just have for her is um, managing director, but okay. um, you know, I think that there's general manager, you know, uh, it could be COO, it could be integrator. Lots of people actually just use the term. Oh, just use integrator. Now. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it depends on, on your company and I'm not a big title person. So, um, but that's sort of the, the function is that they're running, they're really running and implementing the day-to-day, what actually needs to happen, who needs to do what, how does all, how do all the pieces kind of fit together to make things run as smoothly as possible. Totally, totally. Yeah, titles are interesting because people then will take that title and take it to, you know, some sort of, um, you know, salary, um, <laughs> you know, salary website and be like, well, this is what I should be getting. Like, look, we just want to give you a great title for what you're doing. You're not necessarily at that level yet. Um, like, you know, like VP of operations or something, right? Like, well, those people make, you know, 200 grand a year. <laughs> well, that's a little different. It's a different role. <laughs> just so you know. 
you know, I think that's something that like we all as a lot, of, you know, as entrepreneurs, and especially if, you know, again, like if you haven't worked in a, in a, that, this type of setting previously that you kind of think, oh, it doesn't really matter, but it kind of does. And, and that, you know, was something that I like, I, I think it's, imp- if you are going to be focused on titles, I think to a certain extent you want to, you know, as, as quite often as entrepreneurs, yeah, we throw pe- titles like COO or whatever on it. Like it could be somebody that's junior, but they want that title and you're kind yeah. of like, oh, it's fine. But I actually think in, you know, in retrospect, when I've done that in the past, it has like, I think it's better if you kind of keep things to what makes sense for the role and their level and all of those things, you know? Totally, totally. We've, we've overtitled at the beginning all the time. Yeah. Um, also, it's funny because for founders and entrepreneurs, we don't really care. I don't no. care what my title I mean, is. we don't like, really think about it, right? <laughs> like, but then as you grow and as you start to have other people coming into the business and you're trying to figure out, okay, you know, this, the structure that's going to make sense, it can come back to bite you, I think, if yes. you're not thinking about it earlier on in the game. Yeah. I, I think I learned that one the hard way. Let's uh, let's just talk. I'm just loving this conversation so much that I, I, let's just quickly talk about masterminds. Um, wh- and this is a bit of a selfish conversation for me because I love our mastermind so much. I, we just had one of our meetings yesterday and I'm like, everyone needs to be part of a mastermind. T- talk to me about your experience with masterminds and external coaches. Um, so I'm a huge proponent of this concept um, because I think that you know, when you're an entrepreneur, it is very lonely. It can be very hard. It can be very isolating and you need support. And truly the only people who really get it are other people who are doing it, who are other people who are in it. And, um, you know, I, you know, read this book a number of years ago now by Jack Canfield. He's like the author of the chicken soup for the soul books. Oh, that's uh, who he is. Yes, yeah, yes, he's, yes. he's, he's awesome. He's like the original mindset guy, like OG, but he is yeah. awesome. Love mm-hmm. him. And he wrote this book called the success principles. It's not just a business book. It's like success in life. It's a really, really good book. Um, and one of the things he talks about in that book was this concept of masterminding. And he talked about how every successful entrepreneur from Henry Ford to all these different people had a mastermind. And actually you'd you'd be so surprised if you knew like who is Bill Gates mastermind group or who's Mm. Jeff Bezos. Everybody who's successful has like a crew of people that they rely on or go to who, you know, um, they support each other. And it's not just supporting each other. You share resources, you share information. Like you need a lawyer, you need an HR lawyer you need, you know, like it's this constant flow of like what you need and you need so many things to run your business or like I'm thinking or like, should I hire this person or should I create this role? Like you need to talk these things through. Totally. And like nobody really can often, you have no sounding board. So like these people are become your sounding board. And what I did after I read that book is I put together my own mastermind group. Like I reached out to, he basically in the group and he, you can download, um, a thing on the internet from him about how it's like Jack Canfield mastermind group. If you Google it, it's like how to create a mastermind group. And like, I always tell like entrepreneurs, if I'm mentoring someone, I'm like, create your own. Don't wait, don't pay. It's free. Like you don't have to, you can create your own group. It takes effort. And I put that effort in by, um, you know, basically you, it said to 
get a group of about six to seven people. You want people who are kind of at your level or above because you don't want people who are like just starting out. Like if you're at a certain level, you want people who are going to like inspire you, who understand what you're at, who are going to push you forward. Like all of those things are super key. Um, so it kind of defined like how to, what you want to look for and how you want to put it together. And then I just sort of started thinking about who do I know who potentially would be interested in it. And I was very clear when I started reaching out to some of those people um, about what it was and what the commitment would be, because you really need people who are committed. Yes. Like yes. you show up every month. And once you start, get, once you get that, that group together and you have like a, so I'd have like a standing monthly meeting, I would typically host it. So it was work on my part to put this totally. together, but I got so much out of it. Like the amount of work that, you know, the, the benefit versus the time and the cost energy cost was far outweighed. Um, it was immense. And for, we'd met like monthly for three years, every Monday, uh, the first Monday of the month or whatever it was. And this was like really the people who, and it wasn't just about business. You could talk to them about, you know, you're fighting with your spouse because you're stressed out about money or whatever it was like, you know, that was going on in your life. Um, None none of us would get that, you know? (laughs) No. (laughs) So like, whatever it is, it's all relatable and they get it. And so that was huge. And like, you know, putting it together on your own, you don't have to join EO or, you know, these organizations, like you can do something smaller and significant. Um, And it's so important because as you're navigating this journey, um, you know, it's mindset, it's mindset, 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 like all the time. It's like this constant hamster wheel in your brain. And, you know, to, to not have people that can be, you know, honest, trustworthy people that you can talk things through with that you can get perspective on and that will also just tell it like it is like that will not sugarcoat things for you that will be like um dude like I think you need to let that person go like it's Mm. not gonna get like there's some times where like they are gonna just be that person and you kind of like ugh, I know but I just like you needed someone to tell you or like you need to take a break like you are not a good your your best self right now like you can't yeah. lead from this space like go take a break like they would be the people to say that you know and so masterminds really really awesome definitely recommend amazing amazing yeah and i i'm totally with you i mean i i took that same advice and made my own you know yeah. and uh and 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 i love it I, I it was totally a selfish reason that i did it right it's just for myself i'm like i need this support um, we're in a mastermind uh, on the agency side as well. And it's like, we've seen our agency, I don't know, 6X since we joined the, the group. And we never could have done it without them because you don't know what you don't know, right? And, um, and it's not just about, like, like you said, it's not just about knowledge, it's about actual support. Um, and so, yeah, getting, getting a group like that together is um, phenomenal. This has been such a wonderful interview. I have to ask you the question because I... I can't go, you know, 150 episodes and then not ask the question to you. Uh, What's your secret to scaling? Um, Honestly, I think my secret has just been to stay the course and to stay true to my original vision and to try and bring people in to be a part of that vision and to not try and do it too quickly overnight. Like scaling doesn't mean rapid scaling. Scaling Mm. to me means growth and growth can happen over time. So 
I think for me, the secret has just been slow and steady, like keep going, keep figuring out, keep reiterating and like, ideally have fun. (laughs) Ideally enjoy the journey. Ideally figure out what it is that makes you actually really love and passionate about the business. Um, and focus on that. Um, and, and keep your, you know, reminding yourself of what that is. I don't know if that's really a good answer to that question, but I'm going to call that get rich slow, you know, get rich slow. Yeah. But honestly, who cares in the end, sometimes the money is just like, who cares if you don't have a good life, it does not matter. Right. If, if your life is not, uh, you know, what you want it to be, it does not matter if you're making $10 million a year. It just doesn't matter. Yeah. No, I think that it's interesting. Somebody in my mastermind group, we were chatting about this um, concept recently and they said like, I'm just always kind of questioning what's enough. Um, And that was an interesting kind of thing to be like, well, what's enough? Like, you know, when you're talking about scaling, like I think if you are growing to have impact, if you're growing to, you know, affect people's lives in a positive way, if you're growing to educate, if you're growing to build a community, like if you're, if you're scaling because you're, you feel like that you want to reach more people because you're on a mission to do something really important and good um, that makes people feel good or has a positive impact on them in some way, then to me, that is worth scaling for, you know, like, and I don't know that that's where I'm kind of focused is more on like growth personally and within the business purposeful growth as opposed to scaling. That's great. That's great. For those of you not watching, I just, I just love that. <laughs> uh, okay. I'm going to go to our lightning round here. It's, this has been fun, but I have to, I have to go to our lightning round. Um, what is your favorite tool or app that you're using right now? Uh, I would have to say the app that I'm using most frequently, and I have a couple of them, but is anything to do with meditation. Meditation has become a very, very key, especially through COVID. Like I need grounding. (laughs) I need to start my day with calm and ideally end my day with calm and nor I was using 10% happier. I actually really love that app. Um, but I actually just switched up and I've started using calm just to try something different. Okay. Um, and so, um, and actually I think I, I just downloaded, um, Killian who you did a podcast interview. He mentioned another app called waking up. I think it was called. So I downloaded that too. I have ADD. Like I have a lot of things on the go all the time. So I'm like, Oh, maybe I'll try this. Oh, maybe I'll try that. But basically I'm using mostly apps right now that help with mindset that help with like feeling calm and clear, which is very important. (laughs) Awesome. I actually, I, I had meant to talk about mindset just for, for one sec before, like when you had mentioned that, uh, from, from my perspective, like, that, um, I used to think that that was all garbage. I was like, that is just like mindset, like whatever, like you, you hit limits and those are physical limits. It's not true. It's really not true. Like those mindset shifts are absolutely massive in whatever, you know, form that that takes in your life. Um, you know, being able to change your mindset. And, and I think if you're not ready to hear that, you're probably going to hear kind of garbage, um, coming out and, and not believe it but it's really, really true. Like you can accomplish whatever you want and you can do whatever you want. And, um, and we've kind of been 
you know, limited in our, in our beliefs, right. That, that we can't do that. And we need to work for somebody and we need to, you know, have this life where, you know, we work 50 hours a week and that's okay. And that's what a good life is about. And I still get into that trap of like, I'm not working enough. I'm not like, you know, contributing enough and it's garbage. It's all like, it's, I don't know. Anyway, I'm going off on a tangent right now because I'm just enjoying this conversation so no, much. No, it's so. all good. I think that, you know, one of the, going back to the strategic coach program that I'm in, um, and I think this is just another like little thing that I took from this program that's so, so key because the program is very focused on mindset because mindset is vital to success. It just is. You can't dismiss it as garbage. Like we, you, whether you're there or not, you'll get totally. there and you'll realize totally. that it's it just is a fact. the key. It's a fact. <laughs> and so one of the things they talk about is this idea of sort of positive focus and, and the idea of focusing on the gain versus the gap, right? Or focusing on like how far you've come versus where you're going. Yes. Right. Because if you are constantly focused on uh, here's and, and talking, I'm talking about this specifically because we're talking about growth and scale and always focusing on like the next thing, the next thing, where we're we going yeah. and not actually being like, holy crap, like, look what we just accomplished. Look where we were a year ago or three years ago. Look what we did. Like, and when you are always focused on what you haven't done yet and what you haven't achieved, you can get down on yourself. You can, mm-hmm. even when you've come so far and that, that one mindset of feeling not enough, not good, good enough, or, you know, comparison, whatever it is that's going on is only negatively impacting your then ability to really perform at your best contribute. It, it, it weighs, right? So if you can actually just focus on like, Oh my God, what's good right now? What's working? What? And there's always good. There's always, oh, always positive, right? But it's a choice. It's a mindset to, to, to be able to flip and think about it. When, even when things seem like, ugh, brutal, you know, yeah. you yeah. can, and, and that's a choice and that's a training. And the most successful people that I know are very good at that. They're very mm. good at that. At um, making that switch really fast. At making that switch on, on focusing on po- on the positive, on focusing on what's working, on focusing what's going on well, on reminding other people about it, uh, you know, that energy, you know, yeah. what you put, yeah. what you put out there, you get back that idea. Um, it's, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. And that starts at the top, right? Like a, as a leader, right? That that's your, that that's as a CEO or whatever, you know, we're talking about titles, but like, that is really like one of your roles is to like show people where you are and where you're going and all of the wonderful things that are happening uh, along the way. Yeah. 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 That, um, takes, that takes effort too. Yeah. Um, you and I yeah, are very like, ten, tangential today. <laughs> I don't even know what that word means. <laughs> I think it's the right word, like going on tangents. Oh yeah, you know? we're tangential. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always like that though. <laughs> uh, um, what's my second question I ask? Oh, what's your favorite podcast right now? So my podcast that I've been listening to, I'm a kind of obsessed with Mel Robbins right now. Um, I don't know if you know Mel Robbins, but no, she's like no. a personal, like she's like a coach, public speaker. So she wrote this book called The Five Second Rule. And so I've been listening to that book on audio um, and it's been around for a while, but I highly recommend the audio version of it because she's okay. narrating it and she's awesome at narrating it. I'm finding it's really engaging to listen to. And she also has a podcast now that launched on Audible and it's called Start Here with Mel Robbins. And she does these short 20 minute pep talks on different subjects like um, 
stress or sleep or relationships or, you know, toxic people, all the things we all deal with. And they're yeah. all these little like motivational pep talks with key takeaways and stuff. And they're so good. So I'm trying awesome. to do this thing where like every morning I listen to like a good 20 minutes of something inspiring or something that's helpful. And so I've been listening to those um, most recently. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. I am going to download that book. I think I just got another couple audible credits. So five <laughs> second rule. Yeah. <laughs> five second rule. Uh, we'll put that in the show notes as well. Uh, now, if you could sit down with anybody right now, they have to be alive for an hour, have some wine, have some beer, tea, water, whatever. Uh, who would it be? Um, I think that it would probably be Sarah Blakely. Mm. Sarah. Do yeah. You know- that'd be a good one. Yeah. Do you know who yeah. she is? Sphinx. Yeah. yeah. I honestly have like a girl crush on her. I, I love her. Um, and I just think when I, she's to me like a real um, mentor. I don't know her obviously, but I think her, 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 the way she is and her as a mom, as a leader, the way she operates, the way her life seems to be set up. I'm just like, oh my God, like, how do you do this? I need to like be, I just know how to pick yeah. her brain for an hour to be like, Okay, what are the things that you have done to set your life up in this way? Um, And so she would be probably my person. Oh, that's great. That's so great. This was such a fun interview, Alyssa. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, Where can people find out more about you? Uh, so I guess like LinkedIn, I'm on LinkedIn, um, just Alyssa Kerbel and then minimiosh.com. And, you know, you can contact me through there. Um, that's pretty much where I'm at. And Instagram, of course. Yes. <laughs> yes. Or mini Miosh. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm sure people got a ton out of this one today. So thank you so much. Well, I hope so. Thank you for having me. And uh, it was truly a pleasure chatting with you. And yeah, we'll keep the conversation going, I'm sure. Yes. Okay. Hey guys, we hope you really enjoyed today's episode. Can we ask you a favor? Hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode and share this with your e-commerce store owner friends. We also love reviews. So if you could leave us one on Apple Podcasts, that would mean so much to us. Just a reminder from the beginning of the episode, our team at Mindful Marketing is rapidly growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we're only looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for a large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have had at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply and start the process today. I hope you guys have a great week.